This week we're talking about Moneyball, which came out in 2011, directed by Bennett Miller and written by Aaron Sorkin, uh, starring Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, And we are very into this film. Hopefully you are too. Enjoy. What the hell am I doing? What is happening in Oakland? It defies everything we know about baseball. Just plain crazy. If we win with this team, we'll change the game. So the reason why we're talking about this, this is not a film that I would have thought off the top of my head, oh, Dad, you'd be great at talking about Moneyball. Why? What have I done wrong? It wouldn't, no, I wouldn't, out of the blue, I wouldn't associate this as a film you would be particularly familiar with or... Well, I happened to catch half of it by accident. That was what was so surprising. But you the, man, it up with me. the man who wrote the book, Michael Lewis, yeah. is a very, very good, clever American journalist. Um, have you ever read the book? Yeah. You have read the book? Yes. Before you saw the film? I read the book some years ago. And indeed, I read a book of his called Premonition this summer. That's He's really a very, very good journalist. Interesting. Hmm. When you saw... That they had. So, just to be clear, what happened? He Stephen caught the film on telly and brought it up with me and yes. said, "Oh, I was watching Moneyball. It's really great." Mm. And I was like, "I love that film." I'd always heard it was very good. Um, why do you not think I'd have liked it? No, it's not that I wouldn't think you'd like it. It's just quite a funny left field film for you to bring up. And then when I said to you, "What are your favourite movies?" You <laughs> listed it. Oh, As one of your favourite all-time oh, favourite No, 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 movies. I just thought, no, actually what you really mean is that I, I'm not very keen on a lot of modern films. Yeah. And and I thought that was a particularly good one. Yeah. So in most modern films, I would rate that very, very highly. Yeah. Um, do you think that, so from having read the book, I feel like a lot of, when I was reading a couple of reviews on it, it seemed a very unlikely book to be able to adapt in that the yes. book is very, st- like, about statistics and numbers. Yeah. Well, and that was of... what the whole thing was about, wasn't it, about... Statistics the, and about numbers. About that boy who understood the statistics and could tell from the statistics, the, the statistics what players they should buy. Yeah. So I think it's... I mean, it's not even a thesis that I particularly support. In other words, between these sort of gnarled old professionals yeah. and a whiz kid from Yale. On the whole, I tend to prefer the gnarled, the gnarled old, old players. I thought that a couple of times. Yeah. So Jonah Hill, do you understand what the theory is that he has? Jonah Hill plays a guy called Peter Brand. That's right. And he is a sort of Yale geek, a kind of an, nerd. An economist. <laughs> an economist, a.k.a. a nerd. Um, and he has a whole theory that... Do you understand what the no, theory no, is? So... A new strategy inspired by outsider baseball author Bill James to emphasise on-base percentage and other statistics and sign players underappreciated by other teams. Well, I understand that. <clears throat> so it isn't necessarily made up of individual stars. I understood that. Um, but by a combination of certain talents who together add up to runs. That was where I started yes. to be confused. Uh, such people are cheaper to buy and so it... Uh, easier to handle and simpler to unload. I understood the thing of 
we all go, oh, get Michael Jordan on your basketball team because yeah. he's a big star. Yeah. And this theory was to do with, no, it, that's irrelevant. Well, in, in other words, instead of having this great player who scores or whatever, yeah. you could build up that score from using other players who would be cheaper in principle. But um, yeah. you examine them from another point of view, particularly the first baseman, because he had quite a big part in the film. Yes. Chris, so, played by Chris Pratt. Do you know who Chris Pratt is? I don't know who Chris Pratt is. He's now a big shiny movie star. China. Shiny. Shiny. Um, well, good for him. He was, I mean, he was fine. <laughs> he was fine. Uh, probably uh, maybe better at being a movie star than being a first base man, but he was very good in the film. So gradually, he learned how to play first base, and he was cheap. And that was what the whole thing was about. It was, it was really this cheap film, well, cheap um club in Oakland taking on the Yankees who could spend three times the money. The underdogs becoming the, the underdogs. big dogs. But in an odd sort of way the film wasn't sentimental was it? I mean he didn't win in the end. He didn't, he didn't win. He didn't you know win the pennant or win the whole thing but um, you know he was cl- he clearly achieved an enormous amount. Um, yeah. No, so he... in that sense it was less Hollywood than Many films are. Although there was a lovely father-daughter storyline. <laughs> There's a lovely little father-daughter. I wasn't daughter. sure that was my favourite part. Um, even though, though... If you want to sing a song, I could play a recording of it in my car, happily. I actually, I was all ready to be like, oh God, they've just chucked in this father-daughter storyline. Aaron Sorkin loves the father-daughter storyline. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He's Where else do you write about it? Well, he, you film, I think you don't you reference the other day is not getting uh, the whole Steve Jobs film was all about it was about his daughter the dad and I, I the daughter um, and Aaron Sorkin has a daughter and this is a well, big, big theme in his movies well that's what happens to people um, I think you've yet to make a father daughter <laughs> have I not daughter, made a father daughter father daughter movie I don't think I have what a terrible gap I do apologise there's a gap in the market um well, I don't know if there's a gap in, there's a gap in my life or yeah. our lives. No, but I actually thought the bit at the end, so I think it's it's obviously it's just what happened, but so they don't win the they win the twenty games, which is amazing. Win, but yeah, they, they don't, don't win the yeah, World win Series. The World and then obviously they don't end the film there. He then goes to, for a meeting to and the Red oh, Sox the, the to man in Boston tries to get him for a bajillion dollars yeah. and he decides to stay which means he gets to stay with his daughter he's got a heart and then he drives to wherever the hell he's driving and listens to his daughter singing in the car I thought it was a very moving moment no it was it was, it was very <gasps> oh my god Sorry. that's a phone Stephen's Nokia it may be Hollywood has just, has just hang on let's see if it's Hollywood he's reading my message no but it's Tracy it's Tracy right pop, pop it away we can do it you no, can let me just read it <laughs> What does it say? Oh. Um, um, so, it was, as you say, about a father and daughter. I don't know if Brad, Brad Pitt must have 17 daughters with the 85 sons. Yeah, I think he does. I think he does. Um, I thought Brad Pitt was very good in it. Brilliant. He's brilliant in it. I've always, I mean, I remember him in Ridley Scott's film. Thelma and Louise. Yeah, I remember, I mean, I saw it. I was a short time ago. Right? a long, long time ago. Well, we know when it first came out. It's one of my all-time favourite movies. This is terrific. It's one of my all-time favourite um, movies. And he was very, very good. And I, I've always thought, well, he, he's always very nice to watch. But I don't have a... Me- I didn't know he could do stuff like this. No, he's excellent in it. Do you think... There's a whole theory that Brad Pitt is should be a character actor, but he's cursed with 
his beautiful good looks. Well, that's a perfectly believable And thing. actually, he's a really... I, I don't know enough about... I, I don't, because I haven't seen enough films that he's in. That's what I... The other day I realised I love more Tom Cruise movies than I do Brad Pitt movies, even though Tom Cruise is fairly loathsome as a human. Not loathsome, but he's silly and he's a Scientologist. But that's because... He, he makes really, he does make films. good films, yeah. He chooses films well, maybe. There's a lot of Tom Cruise movies I can reel off that what, I really like. What do you like? I love, we're sticking with sports movies, I love Jerry Maguire. Yeah. I love Rain Man. I love A Few Good Men. They're not, they're not what you would call Tom Cruise films. No, I don't like Mission Impossible. Well, that's, that's much more what you'd call a Yeah. Film. But and when I start films, thinking about it... No, well, he was, he was also a good actor, and these directors, Scorsese... I love Magnolia. He's amazing yes, in Magnolia. He's very, very good at Magnolia. So, in other words, when people cast him like that, and he agrees to do it, he's always very entertaining. When he does the, his own, the regular films, I find them less interesting. No, I've never, I've never seen it. Mission well, you must have seen Mission Impossible. I haven't seen Mission Impossible. You're like me. Why have you seen it? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, the first one was on Brian De Palma, who I admire, so I probably did sit. And after that. And then it's quite hard to avoid. <laughs> uh, I have managed to avoid. Yeah, no, I do understand. Anyway, I don't know what the good films are that Brad Pitt has done. I would say seven. I was thinking about seven on the way I here. Like I was seven. thinking yeah, maybe we should do seven in one of these sessions because it would make me see it. That's a, you've never seen it? I've never seen it. It's brilliant. No, 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 I've heard that. So that would be very good for me. But tell me another film. Well, the one that everybody loves that I actually don't like that much is Fight Club. I've never seen that. So there you are. There's two films I better watch. So you're improving my education. He's good in Fight Club. And I quite liked, I don't love a Tarantino film, but I did quite like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Did you see that? It was all right. It was all right. I didn't quite um, understand why they had to rewrite history. Yeah, but it was quite entertaining, and it maybe him and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. He's good at playing. He's good at playing a kind of two. He's good at playing off off from somebody. Golly, yeah, this pairing in Moneyball is. Fantastic. It was great. It's mm. a really good in a kind of buddy movie way. It's very good. Yes, but it, on a level, it's both a virtual. It's a film full of virtuoso performances, but at the same time, it's between the two of them, it's an ensemble or a pairing. I suppose. What do it. you mean by virtuoso performances? Well, he's sort of dazzling, Brad Pitt, isn't he? Yeah. But he's also part of a pair. Like yeah. Laurel and Hardy were a pair, or whoever it is. Yeah. I mean, it just takes you by surprise the whole time. It's not what you think American films are like. Yeah. And also sports movie. It, it's slightly... Yes, that's right. I love, considering I'm not a huge sporting fan, well, I it love was, a sports movie. It was movie. deliberately sort of iconoclastic. But it also includes... Who is the actor I'm thinking of? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour The best Hoffman. actor in the world. Best, best performance he ever gave. Yeah. Do you think I would say Townsend Mr. Ripley is the best performance he ever gave? I never saw that. No. Although I was asked to make it. 
It was it's in parentheses. It was. It's a brilliant movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman in that film. Well, Patricia Highsmith was that. Do you read Patricia Highsmith? I have read Strangers on a Train. Have you I, seen Strangers on a Train? No. Have you never seen it? No. Oh, it's really good. But I have actually. I haven't read the telling of Mr. Ripley. That's awful, isn't it? The Ripley books. They were very good. That film is wonderful. Oh, that's great. Oh, well, good for Anthony. And Philip Seymour Hoffman in it is just Did he get phenomenal. Tommy, 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 Tommy. Does he get well? Oh, God, I can't remember that. Yeah, he does, yeah. That was, I saw it originally as a French film called Place Soleil with Alan Dore. Well, you're much more sophisticated than no, I am. No, I'm just older than because you are. Dior and Gwyneth Paltrow. Anyway, um, I thought, I thought Philip, it was far away the the best performance I'd ever seen him give. Or the most, where it just fitted into the film. It fitted into the film really well. It was a small part yes. for a very famous actor to do. I remember meeting him for High Fidelity and I... To play what role? I was never quite clear. They said, oh, you should meet Philip Seymour. So I met him. before. It was before he was famous. And um, I said, well, I don't know which part he should play. Just Black's part. Well, I suppose it was for Jack Black's part, though nobody will ever be as good as Jack was. Um, but it could have been the other chap who's, who was a wonderful chap, whose name I've completely forgotten. I know who you mean. I don't know his name. Mm. So um, I didn't know which character he should play. Well, I think you, missed, I you missed a trick there, because he is maybe the best actor. Yes, but so is Jack. I mean, Jack was dancing. I won't, I won't accept this criticism. No, I'm saying that maybe you could have given... Philip Seymour Hoffman another role because he is superb. No, I, I, I mean I do understand all that. I just think the best performance he ever gave was in Moneyball. All right. It's in such a modest. Right, that's the hot take. I think that's it. It's so small. It's so visible. It's, so, yes. it's, it's another actor would have just thrown yes. it away. No, no, yeah. no. It is very, very startling. Yeah. How good he is. And he says there's something he says about where Brad Pitt goes. It doesn't matter. I don't care about right hand or left hand or something. And. Philip Seymour Hoffman goes, well, I do. Well, there's something where you yeah, really no, no, believe no. this guy. Yeah. No, no, no. He was just terrific. loves baseball. And then all those men, the men. The who, old grumpy the men. The old grumpy men who he's so rude about. Mm -hmm. Are they actors? The guy that he has to fight with, that he then fires, yeah. who goes fuck off and he fires him. I've never seen him in anything else in my life. But again, 10 out of 10 performance. No, the act, it was he extremely was well cast. Yeah. The man who played the manager. Was he called Steve somebody? Sure. He was very, very good. I didn't know. So it was full of surprises. Um, do, are you familiar with Jonah Hill's other work? That I've is... always heard about him. Okay. And I've always heard that he was very good. Yeah, he's in Wolf of Wall Street. But when I saw this film, you know, unexpectedly on TV, it took me, I said, Who is oh, that? I see, that's Jonah, that's Jonah Hill. So I'd always heard that he was very, very yeah. good. And now you're quite right, he's in... He's in Wolf of Wall Street. But his, he started out as a kind of Comic. silly, funny... He was in yes. a film called Superbad that everyone was obsessed yes. with. Oh, I see. And then became... They realised he was much more talented than he let on. Yeah, because no, they like to go, oh, you're not thin and good-looking, so we'll whack you in the comedy part. No, I understand that. Um, and then I feel like maybe Moneyball was the one that Broken. turned it around, and then he was in Wolf yeah. of... Wall Street. I can't remember. I'm too old to remember the history. I really like that film, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, all right. So go on. So I think as well... What? Hang on. Am I doing all right? 
Are we doing okay? Sound wise. Don't go father daughter stuff. We can Where's get my tea. What? We can get oh I keep slamming down my tea apparently. Whoopsie. No um, cake for tea. No what? No cake. Yeah, he's you know, just here for the you cake. You know I like a good cake. I almost did go buy you a cake and I said to George, What um what cake do you want? And he said, I'm trying not to become Mr. Blobby. So then I didn't mind. Okay. Him, Mr. Blobby. <laughs> right? It's not really like this. That's George, our very slender producer that we're talking about. Skinny um, <laughs> He didn't want cake, so. Mr. Skinny. Well, sorry, there's. Bugger him. He could have got me one. Sorry, there's uh, no cake. We'll get you. Um, we'll get you some. I'm sure there's a patisserie Valerie in Kentucky. There's a Gales on the end of the road, actually. Oh. Um. All right, so I think what another thing why another reason why I think I like this film despite knowing nothing about baseball or really what they were talking about in terms of what Moneyball is, um, it's just about somebody not going with the grain yeah. and kind of taking a risk mm. and doing what they want, and you know it's going to pay off. You know, obviously, we wouldn't we wouldn't be making yeah. a film about this. Um, but the way that they sort of, and again, it's that because it's written by Aaron Sorkin. It's not just written by Aaron Sorkin. No, it's written by Steve Zellian. It's a very, very good who writer. Wrote, um, and another chap who I don't know. But Steve Zellian's a very good writer. And then they brought in Aaron Sorkin. Who's brilliant. I do mm. love Aaron Sorkin. But it's sort of, they almost disconnect. There's dialogue going on. And the, the, the narrative works in a very, a very unexpected way. Yeah. And then it's suddenly, when you say it's not sentimental, they do do that. There's a line and they repeat it, well, yeah. which is Roma baseball is rom what is the line? Baseball is romantic or there's nothing there's something romantic about baseball. I can't remember what it is now. Um uh, which I I think that's why I like sports movies, is because I am quite sentimental and there is something romantic about it all. Well somebody always win I mean even winning twenty games in a row is clearly is very sloppy, and I like. I always find, and obviously in this country it's more football related. But why I love the book, um, <laughs> the book *Pandemonium*. I love the book *Fever Pitch* because there's something really amazing. Even though I, Lola, don't feel like that about football. Somebody loving something that well, amount and also Nick is, such is a good writer. he's a brilliant writer. But also mm. there's something about the level of passion that people yes, feel in sports that's really. But Frankie moving. used to watch. Frankie, do I have to say your brother? Frankie is my brother. Frankie used to watch the one with Jeremy Clark about cars. Top Gear. And they're, they're all so they're bananas so passionate about, cars. about cars. And that was always very striking. I mean, they were also whoever they were. But um, their passion for what they were making a film about, what they were dealing with, was terrific. Yeah. Whereas most TV... Shows are just... Are, are much more neutral and detached and... Yeah. Nobody gives a monkeys. No, there is. There's something really amazing about people, even if you don't love the thing. Yes, no, quite right. People loving something. Gosh, I remember Frankie watching... Top Gear. Top Gear. Top Gear. Yeah. That's really funny that you... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite 
of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Remember that. Did you ever watch it? No, but it's one of those things you can't avoid on television. You don't I think it's still on now, but I don't think... You could sit down to watch the news and it would be there. I don't think Jeremy Clarkson does it anymore. Um... Uh, all right, go on. And so let's do so. The father-daughter relationship. Yeah. You could see that as a you've just whacked this in to make it a bit more sentimental. But I actually think Brad Pitt did it really well. Yes. Um, and I think it did give. You did feel like you understood the character Billy Bean. I think yeah, Billy, Billy Bean. Bean. Yeah. Um, and the whole all the flashbacks of him. Was a child. He's a failed failed player. He's a failed player, hmm. um, which I thought was then good in terms of he had a sort of not a chip on his shoulder because he didn't seem bitter, but he wanted to do something. He Isn't really, that what they call jeopardy? I mean, he wanted to achieve something. Something, because he'd had his dream. Well, and also crushed. because there's a line about um, you would go back to you know selling shoes in Dick's sports shop, but there was some yeah. there was some fate worse than death that he yeah. was trying to avoid. And also, I think you thought, through some of it, you thought he wants to get rich, and then that was why, actually, when he turns down the massive offer... From well, the it's not getting rich as you want. He wanted to... Be, some, be a man. Be somebody. <laughs> yes, so it's about the American so dream. So more interesting about how, or <laughs> if you ended up as, the man he wanted to be was more interesting than Hercules. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, uh, and he really believed in Jonah. I don't know, obviously I did believe it and it's true and it did happen, but you did sometimes go, I cannot believe he is putting that much faith in this little geek from... Yeah, well, I have to. Well, I nearly went back to look at that scene a second time. What what caught his eye? Yeah, in the room, I almost did the same uh, thing. What caught his eye? So he he's in a meeting with Cleveland, I think, or another team, yeah. and Jonah Hill is in the corner and does something which the guy he's, listens. He whispers to. to them in the man's ear. Yeah, and that affects everything. And Brad Pitt clocks it and then goes, "You have to come and work for me." But I couldn't work out why the Cleveland guy gave up Jonah Hill so easily if he valued him that much in terms of. I think they didn't quite realise how brilliant how, that they'd got. He was. They'd got the pot of gold, as it were. Yeah. But if I'd been doing, it, yeah, I would have somehow made that moment more. Yeah. I don't know. Shot Jonah Hill's movement to his ear in close up or something, mm-hmm. just to say this is really important. What this man is now doing, going to whisper in someone's ear, is very, very important. I 100 to change, agree. Change the story. Yeah, because I definitely so lost the finest and rewound to watch piece that of the film. Um, so originally it was going to be directed by Steven Soderbergh. Well, he's a good director. Uh, he's a good director, and it was going to be a semi documentary. Yeah. yeah. Um, which it's I guess kind of. Another way of doing it, but less fun because. Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Hill were so, and my, my man, was such a pleasure to watch. My man, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, it was such a pleasure to watch. Do you know who the actress was who played um, his wife, his ex-wife? No. 
That was Robin Wright Penn. Do you know who she is? Oh, oh, she's not called Robin Wright Penn anymore. Oh, Robin I, Wright. I knew, I, I've, I've met her, but I knew Sean Penn. Um, uh, yeah, that was a little cameo from Robin Wright. Yeah. Um, uh, and Spike Jones played the... Um, do you know who that is? Who did he play? Not Spike Jones. Yeah, Spike Jones. The film director. Played the... Boy, the new boyfriend. So there's a scene where he yeah. goes to see yeah, his ex-wife, yeah, yeah. and the boyfriend oh, who knows true. nothing about baseball. Yeah, all these little people popping up doing doing these cameos. Just, really good actors. That's just making life interesting. Um, I didn't know who the director was. He's called Bennett Miller. He made. Miller. He made the film about. Oh, that's what. Oh, I see. He made Capote. He made Capote, and that's why Philip Seymour Hoffman would have done it. That's why Philip Seymour Hoffman did it. Then he did Moneyball, and then he did Foxcatcher. Did you see that film? I watched half of it. It wasn't my favourite. I think it wasn't my favourite either. Yeah. It was uh, Channing Tatum and Steve Carell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he also directed some Bob Dylan music videos. He's a a cool dude. He'd have gone in with your mother. He's a cool dude. Um, Brad Pitt was nominated for an Oscar. Quite right. As who was, won it? As was Jonah Hill. Guess who won it? You I will not up. know. So the, that year, Daniel and probably who? no, probably that was the Brad Pitt's best shot at an Oscar. I don't who know if he's going to get one. The the silent man in the film, the artist. Oh, and it was very very good. It was very good, but the he French actor. didn't speak. Well, that's so what. All right. all right, you all you all for it? Well, that was the nature of the job. Does he say one word? It is quite funny that he won the Oscar. Yeah, he says, well, yes, but, you know... You love a silent um, No, it's not that. It was, a, it was just such a lovely film. How interesting. Oh, well, there you are. He won the But Oscar. anyway, I did think Brad Pitt was very, very good. He could have won second prize, Best American Actor. Best American Actor. Best Speaking Actor. He did a lot of feet on table. That was a lot yes, of I big part that. of his character. I was like, he's loving the feet up on I, the table. I noticed that. Um, he's very believable as a sort of jock, as an ex-jock, yeah, in a, a way that... Of, as a sort of bloke. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what a jock is? A jock is a sport, you know, like a yeah. school... Yeah. ...played sports. Yeah. In a way that, like, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't buy it. Oh, is that right? Um, yeah, Brad Pitt, you believe, played... Played ball at Who casted Steven Soderbergh? No, so Steven, Steven Soderbergh was going to do it. Oh, it's, oh, it's sending He then fizzled away. Yeah, and then, with the studio, didn't he? Yeah, I think maybe it was going to be Sony. And then Brad Pitt, I think, brought it to produce. Brad Pitt has really good taste in no, the I films he produces. Yeah. Plan B. Plan B. They make really good projects. Mm. And so Brad Pitt then jumped in and then somehow the. But did he go in as producer and then ended up acting in it? I reckon both, but I'm guessing. Which came first? Um, uh, yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Anyway, and standing then, around when a good script was knocking around. That's all you have to be. I'm standing here. Oh, yeah, but he picks them... Well, oh. again, better. he picks them better to produce than he does to act in. There you are, except on this one, you mate, you got it right. In this um, one, A double right. whammy. Um, that's, you know, you have good days and bad days. Do you think? Do you think Brad Pitt, from how potentially good at acting he is, do you think he's surpassed what what he could have done, or do you think he's under his career has been Overall, underwhelming? Yeah, I think he could have made more inter- more, more more interesting, interesting films. films. I think that, but he's not a classical actor. No, he, he couldn't become 
Marlon Brando or Lawrence Olivier. He's, I mean, he, what he did and it was a, was very very good. Yeah, he's also he's very good at playing stupid. He's good at playing in true romance. He does it. He's good at oh, again. I, mean, I don't no, know whether in the one that um, Bruce Willis was in that David Peoples wrote. Which one is that? Bruce Willis. It was based on a French film called La Jeté. I can't remember what it's called. I don't know what that is. And he plays dumb. He plays a dumb, a dumb bloke, a, a dumb head. And is he dumb and dumb and Louise? No, he's not. He's just very, no, he's very beautiful. Very yeah, <laughs> beautiful and and conniving. Um, yeah, and in some ways that was my other my other thing was kind of oh, it, this is a sort of but it's a sort of buddy movie. It's just all about the well. Now you say it, yes, but not not in the way that those films normally are. No. I mean, their relationship didn't develop, did they? I can't remember what happened to Jonah Hill. No, I can't actually. He just goes on. He just goes on. Being a nerd. Being a nerd. We mustn't... They don't um, We mustn't call him... We mustn't call him a nerd. Um, That's why, again, even though I didn't entirely agree with the theory, but what the hell do I know... Um, but, not as much as anybody. No, but the idea that people kind of on computers reading statistics yeah. would know more than the guys out there on the pitch who have played baseball, yeah. who know the sport, the idea that they would, that the nerds would know more, slightly jarred, but then actually, I mean, if the way that nerds are the underdogs and jocks are the... No, <laughs> no, no, no that's the big in, um, There was a very good film about Tom Stoppard on two weeks ago. I've heard David, several people discuss this. I haven't watched it. David Hare says at one point, I got to know Tom Stoppard because he wrote to me about a play of mine mm-hmm. saying, I disagree with everything the play said. I thought you said it beautifully. <laughs> well, that's all right. It's legitimate. That's very good. Mm. No, that's very good. No, and me being like, I disagree with Jonah Hill's theory, which then went on to change baseball forever. Well, it... it Change soccer, change English soccer. I mean, in a way, you'd say that the great Dutch player, Cruyff, was doing that at Barcelona. They were all rethinking everything in the 90s. They were all, and if you watch modern football, it bears no resemblance to football I grew up watching. And it's the same principle. As in, don't get the star players. And now we have No, 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 no. It's not quite as... It's not quite... It's just saying... There is information which you're overlooking. If you understand this information, you'll find you'll find the answers there, not in there. I don't think you do find the answers, in, and that's why if you watch soccer, yeah. they talk about they use this terrible word stats the whole time. Yeah, drives you mad. Um, but it's all it's it's that there is information which enables you to make a better decision. Yeah, but the I idea of some bloke with his head in a computer who's never played baseball. Right. Well, it's a sort of defence of Steve Jobs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I suppose. I'm not sure. If philosophically, I agree about that. I agree with that view of the world. Yeah, and you were definitely meant to think, oh, the grumpy old men are just being grumpy, and you want that ridiculous. But actually, I no, I even mm-hmm. I thought yeah. actually, I'm kind of get why the grumpy old men are like, what the hell are you doing? Yes, no, 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 absolutely. Um, and it was very good when Philip Seymour Hoffman's refusing to do it and then he goes and sells the players so that they have to... Philip Seymour Hoffman has to play the team that Brad Pitt... Yes. Um, that Brad Pitt wants him to play. Um, 
All right. How long? How long has that been? Well, um, is good. It's our standard dropping, thin. Very, very good. No, I think this was. Yeah, I think. Do you have any final thoughts on not, Moneyball? Not a um, I couldn't hear everything they said because I'm so old and deaf. You could have put on the subtitles. You know, you can put subtitles on on Netflix. Sometimes even I have to put on subtitles on things like that. It's humiliating. Um, uh, And then also you're very... Films of the Fortunes. Had subtitles. No, but they they hear a word they said. And the prints were so bad. It was always raining. There was a scene in the drawing room and and these lines were coming down the screen. (laughs) Why is it raining in this room? And all the women looked the same. Wait, hold on. Why was it raining? Just because the, the thing was, was so, so rubbish. Was so Sorry, I wasn't. I wasn't following that. No. Um, all right. Yeah, you couldn't hear everything that they were saying, but overall, it gets two thumbs up. Oh yeah, no, I did. I think it was very, very good. Um, and a complete breath of fresh air. What other final thought? What other sports movies do you like, or would you say? Well, I like about? the Sporting Life. I haven't seen that. It was a f- um, it was the first film that Lindsay Anderson, my teacher Lindsay Anderson made. Mm-hmm. It was about rugby league. Mm-hmm. There are no good films about <laughs> soccer. I mean, there aren't, are there? Just cat- well, it's because you know so much about the real game. Uh, and there's no good film about cricket, cricket. Although Tim Rice would disagree and say that a film called The Final Test was a masterpiece, but he's wrong. <laughs> the thing um, of, well, you know too much about the thing. So apparently, again... With Moneyball, apparently this film is not 100% accurate. Right? <laughs> Shock, spoiler alert. To actually what happened. And the people that are kind of experts on this story... They know where it goes wrong. ...are like, this film's rubbish, it doesn't stick to the yes, facts. Well, but obviously you go, a bit of artistic licence, I liked it as a film. But so maybe you don't like any soccer films because you know loads about football, so when you watch it... It's not that, you just know... You know, you sit there and you watch a match on TV, you know how the players move and what the game is like. When you see an actor, they can't, that's not what they do. Yeah, but why would Americans not feel like that about baseball films? Or well, a, because, basketball films? Well, I'm, I'm not sure I can answer your question, but they weren't put into situations where you had to believe in them. I mean, there's a, there was a shot of a man, I don't know the name of the, the black actor. who In Moneyball? In Moneyball. And he's talking to Brad Pitt. And he's, oh, the, he's, yeah, I know. He's yeah. hitting the I don't ball. know the actor. Yeah. He's, he's you know, they're, they're yeah. pitching balls to him and he's and hitting. And you believe. And you thought, my God, that's very good. That he's both could act very well. And, and you've got another text message. I know, it's an exciting life. <laughs> does your Nokia go on silent? Um, it could. But yeah. there's a, no, there's a scene in which he is, is talking inside a net and he's being pitched at and he's hitting them and answering them. Doing his half yeah. of the conversation with Brad Pitt, and you thought, "Oh, that's really good." I wonder if this is a baseball, baseball player, player or an actor. Seeing as he's neither of us can identify as him as an actor, and I've never seen him in anything else, and he was very good. Maybe he's a baseball player. Maybe. And he's the one he eats cereal in the scene, and he asks um, Chris Pratt, the yes. one that goes on oh, that guy, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he's eating the bowl of cereal. Anyway, he, it was very, very good. You thought oh, someone's really done their work on this film. Which might be Bennett Miller. I don't know who cast well. it, but it was very well cast. It was very well cast. Mm. Um, do you think that? So, do you think to make a good soccer film, we're calling it soccer, it's no. called football. It's the, they are. It's, it's not, not possible. It's not possible. Of course, it must. If you got an actor that was completely brilliant at football, Michael Sheen. 
Is Michael that, Sheen yeah, nearly, had, he nearly had a test football. for me also. There you go. I never saw um, I haven't seen the it one either. I didn't see it either. Um, but again, that's about management, not football. Quite well, right. Yeah, but there would have been other actors playing the Leeds United team or the Derby camp, whatever it was. And we don't buy it. I don't know, I never saw it. All right. But I can't believe you did. All right. Uh, Bend It Like Beckham is another one. Have well, you seen I've never it? seen it. Have you not? No. Because <gasps> you're like, oh, girls. It'll be well, girls playing football. Sort of. Shocking. Is it good? Shocking. It's lovely. There you are. I haven't seen it for a hundred years, but I did used to like it when I was there, when I was very young. Um, all right, do we have any other... Well, and um, Chariots of Fire, where all the sprinting is done in slow motion, so you never they never got tested. I've never seen Chariots of Fire. My goodness. Were you alive when Chariots of Fire came out? What year did it come out? In the 80s, wasn't it? 83, isn't it? Is that right? No, I am too young. <laughs> <laughs> but all the running is done in slow motion. So as in the actors really are running? No, they run, don't there's have a to... shot with them running along a lock in Scotland. It's all in slow motion. But or it, is the the act, it is the actors doing it. It's the actors doing people. it, but since it's done in slow motion, you never... You never have to pass that test. I would say it's even worse in slow motion because if you run like an idiot no, and because, then you slow it no, down. because you can't tell. Whereas if you watch the Olympics... you, and you go, he's running you know, really so slowly. It, it, you, he avoided the test, which may have been quite deliberate. By making it in slow motion. Um, uh, all right, sports. Well, normally it's just done by a stunt. You know, when you watch a movie about an ice skating person, it's stunt double, isn't it? I Tonya. Yes, but some other, some people do their own stunts, don't they? It was a very good Yeah, Tom, Tom, circle back, Tom Cruise, you yes. know he's doing his own stunts. It was stunts. a very good, um, I think it was a, it's a film called Slapshot with Paul Newman. And I'm sure Paul Newman knows how to play do, ice do his own stunts. I think right. that was my, that was my car. Stephen's now on his phone, so I guess we'll no, uh, wrap it up No, he's working what to do about his car. I'm going to put in, how much, do you want to go somewhere? <laughs> it's not that. Do you want to go somewhere? Can we just end the podcast and then we'll deal with this? I can, I'll, I'll <laughs> put a bit more parking. Right, he's just putting on some, putting in some parking time. Um, we don't need to do that. All right, that's it for our conversation today with about Moneyball. Hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't watched the movie, don't know why you're listening to this, but we recommend it. We love it. Um, best best sporting movie of the 21st century. Best performance by Philip. Best performance Philip Seymour Hoffman has ever done, according to my dad. Um, all right. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks very much for listening. If you liked it, please leave a review. All the encouragement we can get needed. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.